Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. Wednesday podcast. Boomer has departed. Mike Flegelman, part of the Flego Show, uh, has joined the podcast. What's up, Fleegs? What's up, Jerry? Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm here. Um, everything's good. Al's on vacation, and away we go. I saw, before we get into the um, the travel stuff with you that I want to talk about, I saw the, I don't know if it's on front page, but if you go to NewYorkPost.com, the top story right now is President Biden brushing his hand on the breast of a reporter because he was trying to, it looked like, the story says, shoo a fly off of her, which is a very nice gesture. And it made me think, have you ever had one of those moments where you've done something that was so incredibly innocent that looked so horribly egregious and perverted? Oh, has anybody not? Especially a man. Has any man not? I don't, so I don't know. Especially in, like, today's climate? Well, in any climate. I mean, you go back 20 years and you could do something where you would be like, ooh, I probably shouldn't have done that, but mean anything. Right. But I was trying to think of the only thing that comes close to it, and it's not even the same, was I remember it's probably seven years. It was when my older son was, let's see, he was playing district, so he was probably 12 so yeah, probably six years ago, and we had a few people over and a conversation about baseball players uh, patting each other on the ass. And I remember telling the story about Chris Russo, how we like to pat everybody on the ass in the newsroom. And I remember one of our female friends, she's like, I don't get it. Like, what's the point of just patting someone on the ass? And I remember, well, you just <laughs> completely innocently. And she looked at me like, excuse me? I'm like, no, I'm just, that's what it is. That's probably the closest thing I've ever done to that. But that, like, Brushed her breast. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I do remember one instance specifically where um, I was with a woman. This was this was actually here. Um, she used to work here. There was like a butt or something like on her backside, right. and I pointed it out. Like obviously not going to shoot it away. I pointed it out, and it was just one of those weird spot, like more like middle back right. than like than low down, and just could not reach it. And she was like, you know, I, did I get it? I was like, nope. She's just like, you want to get it? I'm like, you sure? 
You yeah, better make, so, you better so, make so, sure. That, uh, yeah, like, are you sure? Can you put that in writing first? Right. <laughs> Let's, you know, what? we're right here in the control room. Let's go on air, record this. It's on the record. You ain't, we got cameras. You said yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one. So that's it. All right, anyway, so I thought that was kind of weird. Um, So you, like me, traveled this weekend. I had my issues on Monday. Other than that, everything was fine. I imagine everything was swimmingly for you? For the most part, yes. Especially everything between the plane rides was absolutely fine. Everything, but the plane rides were not. Well, so both of them had weird delays for things I've never been delayed for. And then on the first flight out there, so I was flying out to California. So Mm -hmm. it's a long flight. And on the flight out there, I'm in the aisle seat. My sister and I went out together. We booked late, so we're not sitting together. She's a couple rows behind me and on the other aisle. I'm on the left side. She's on the right side. So everything that's happening to me, I find out at the end of the flight, like she saw all of this and just felt bad. And then went and took a nap. So she's like, felt huh. a little bad. She didn't feel that bad. Not that bad. I was sitting next to a guy who had maybe the worst plane etiquette, especially middle seat etiquette of just anybody that I've ever been on a plane with. Okay. You know, he's on the phone as we're about to take off. So the flight attendants come by and they have to tell him, you know, you have to get off the phone. He's like, oh, one minute. They're like, no. Now. now. Right. So he hangs up the phone. And at one point in the middle of the flight, this is only a couple minutes after takeoff. I'm trying to watch a movie. I have Major League queued up on my iPad. Like, let's go. Get me through this flight. He takes out his phone, and I didn't know you could do this. This is a little bit of a life hack. He was on the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. sending voice memos back and forth, the recorded memos, to whoever he was talking Instead to. Instead of just texting them? Right. So he's also not speaking to them live. But he's speaking into the phone. Oh. Then a couple minutes later, he'd get a message back, and he would play it. And oh, the God. woman in the window seat says to him, like, kind of polite, like, oh, you know, so do you have headphones? He goes, oh, no. And That's then it? just continues to proceed to listen oh. to everything. And at one point, I'm waiting, like, you can a flight attendant, can somebody flight? walk by? Oh, thankfully, he, he did stop for you know, a couple hour. hours. I was already, <laughs> I was not in a great mood because we got delayed, but we got on the plane. So I closed my eyes, do- doze off a little bit. Wake up, and we still haven't moved. So, oh, you know, God. N- not thrilled about that. Then when we got into LAX, there wasn't a gate ready for us. So I, another half hour dude, there. Dude, this is happening, like, nonstop with oh, these yeah. gates not being ready. I'll tell my story in a minute, so go ahead. But yeah, so this guy was just the, the whole flight talking into his phone, getting the message, listening to it out loud. I mean, the woman and I, we kind of looked at each other at one point when he got to the bathroom. That was the other thing. He went up to get to the bathroom about four or five times. Oh. And I know it's a long flight, but no, not that five long. times right. long. Also, you're not, you're not, not if you're a guy. I got up to go to the Australia. bathroom once when he was already up. I said, "All right, yeah. let me just go now because I'm standing up." And when she got up, you know, he is standing up. I think we might sit back down while she's on the bathroom. There's a line. He goes, "We'll just stand." I was like, oh, "Okay, I guess I guess we'll just stand and wait." We're taking up the aisle. It was it was rough. So I flew from coming home. So my flight to Houston was canceled. 24 hours before we were going. They rebooked us. We ended up on um, on uh, on a, what do you call it? A connected flight, which I don't do. I direct, I'm good. I'll fly anywhere direct. Same. I don't want to go I up hate and connected down. flights. So, but that's what they did. There was nothing we could do about it. So, and I told the story the other day, so I won't bore everybody with it again. But we had the same issue when we finally did get into Houston at 9 p.m. instead of when it was supposed to be at uh, maybe uh, more like 8 p.m. actually, as opposed to when it was supposed to be at 11 a.m. No gate. So the pilot, and we were late getting out of Charleston, so the pilot comes on. He apologized when we left that we were late, and then we get there. Hey, we made up a few minutes, and then five minutes later, he comes back on. 
sorry, I kind of uh, spoke too soon. He goes, not our fault, but we don't have a gate. Oh, God. So that was a half hour waiting for a gate. Whatever. So forget that. Coming home, no. So tell me what you would have done in this situation. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So we board the flight in DFW because we then went to Arlington for a few days. We get in Dallas, and I got lucky enough that I had my wife and two sons next to me in the three, and then I was on the aisle, so I was right next to my wife. Seat next to me was open. Guy's in a window. Young guy. I'd say 30, maybe. Seems like a normal guy. Everything's going fine. We take off. Within 10 minutes of takeoff, the pilot says, should be a smooth flight. We will turn off the seatbelt in a few minutes. But until we do, please stay in your seat. We are going to hit a little bit of turbulence coming up in the next, he said, next 90 seconds to two minutes, and then we should be good. Please wait for the seatbelt sign to go off. Soon as he turns his microphone off, the guy gets up and goes, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, dude. Uh, fine, whatever. I get up. He goes to the bathroom. The way the the flight attendant comes on immediately. Folks, please stay in your seat. Blah blah blah. Meantime, he's still in the bathroom. Okay, whatever. Comes back. He's got a cup of ice. Okay, it's, he wants to chew on ice. That's fine. Takes his seat, and all of a sudden, starts icing his face. I'm like, uh, that's not normal. So I'm watch- Now I'm watching him because now I'm like, all right, see something, say something. Seems odd. Seems like he's nervous is what is telling me. But keep in mind, when we got on the plane, it was a 730 flight. It was 115 degrees in Dallas. So the plane had to run all night. It was hot. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to overreact. The plane's hot, hot air still coming out. It's cooling down, but it's still warm. My wife's dying for me, whatever. So I'm like, I'm going to play this cool. I'm just going to watch him. So he's icing his face. He's patting himself. He's icing his face. He's patting himself. I'm like, Okay. Seatbelt sign goes off. He gets up again. Like eight minutes later. Dude, I'm so sorry. I got to go to the bathroom again. Okay. I get up. Goes to bed. Comes back with two cups of ice now. At this point, are you thinking he's not feeling well? So I'm thinking he's either going to blow up the plane or he's sick. So no joke. Right as I put my seatbelt back on when he comes back and I turn to say, are you feeling Okay. From over my shoulder, the, the flight attendant goes, sir, are you okay? That's three cups of ice, and you look like you're sweating. He goes, ma'am, he goes, I am hungover like I have never been, and I feel horrible. I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay, so that's all it is. Good. Now we're fine. Start watching my show on my tablet. Maybe 30 minutes goes by. He goes, you're going to kill me. I'm like, let me guess. He goes, I got to take a crap. I'm like, oh, my God. You should have just asked him to switch. You take the window. He can sit on the aisle. Yeah, but my wife's right there. And that turned out to be the end of it. 
whatever he had going through him, he crapped out. Thankfully. And then he was fine there. But my, w- would you have said something? Or would you have waited a little bit like I did? I would have waited like you did. Like, And then around that third time, had he gone to the bathroom, when he was in there, I might have like went and grabbed the flight attendant and say, hey, when he comes out, can you ask a question? Seems fair, which they ended up doing anyway. Right. As that, you out. like knowing that they were paying attention and you know they noticed right away. I tell you, you just when you fly, you have no idea what you're going to run into. Uh, and I tell you, some of the what the flight attendants have to deal with. I mean, we've all heard the horror stories the last couple of years. Yeah. Even just something so annoying as this same flight, the row in front of us. You know, there were a lot of standby seats, so they're just yeah. putting people in random open seats. The woman who ended up in my row and asking the guy if he had headphones, they first put her a row in front of me, and there were two open seats, one on each side, mm-hmm. both rows in each window seat they had a, someone had a dog and she said to the flight attendant you know hey i'm allergic to dog are there any other standby seats you can put me or switch me with somebody so the flight attendant should no problem we'll find somebody just give me a second and then the woman in the aisle seat like uh, in front to my right says like well can you, you have to move me too my husband's over there we have to sit together and the flight attendant oh. was like no you don't she's like but you're moving her and the flight attendant was just not in the mood for any of it she's like ma'am she just told me she's allergic to dogs. We're sitting her next to two dogs. You want to sit with your husband. Like, th- that's not the same. No, it's not And, the and same. so it's amazing how some of these people, that, like this woman thought her, her pro- it's not even a problem. It was a request. It's a request. It was a higher priority than this woman who's allergic yeah. next to dog or allergic to dogs not wanting to sit next to one. Cheap ass probably didn't want to spend the money on the seat to sit together. They probably right. just took whatever seats they were assigned and then figured, oh, we'll change. We're gonna... and just to, like, that drives me crazy. The, the way, like, her to- she was so rude to the flight I loved the way the flight, it was an older woman. Like, she seemed like, you know, there was, like, if there was, like, a senior member of the staff, mm-hmm. it was her. She's been around. She shut that down so quickly. It put a smile on my face. The other, and then she disappeared for the whole flight. She didn't notice anything with the guy next to me. Uh, well, she went to the front of the back. Had, I was in the middle. Maybe she had right. first class. Right. The other thing they deal with a lot, too, which I, I, this is the other thing. And Al and I talk about this a lot, just in terms of traveling through airports and everything. Twofold. One, nothing drives me more crazy than when you're getting close to boarding time and everybody hoards the aisles to try and get in first. Because they've got 17 bags that they're not supposed to have. We had that go, uh, flying home. First of all, the plane is delayed for a while. Like, I'm on the way to the airport, it's delayed. Ended up taking off hours late. They announced at the gate, hey, the reason the plane is delayed is because it's an incoming flight. It just arrived. You guys got to clear the way Let for them the get people off. to get off the plane. And so my sister and I got, okay, we go, we sit down, and nobody else moves. It's and amazing. my sister was like, what is wrong with these people? If you don't move, they're not getting off the plane, which means you're not getting on the plane. It's a, there was one guy so blatantly, so they had this was United. So they had group one and two have their dedicated lines. And I understand them getting online first. That's fine. So the the guy comes on and says, listen, usually we allow groups one and two to line up. He goes, we're going to start with just group one because the rest of the plane is being cleaned. So it's going to be an extra 10 minutes before we start boarding groups two, three, four, and five. Okay. Very much like the guy getting up for the bathroom. As soon as he turned the microphone off, six people went up and got online in group two. He just told you to sit the app down. Right. He oh, just told you you're not getting God. on the plane. Uh, you know, it makes you want do people makes listen or do they not care? Or they don't care. I think they don't care. Or they care. just heard, oh, there was an announcement. It's probably this. Let me get up. Or they just really don't care. I think there's so much of lack of attention 
because everyone's face is in their phones now. And you have headphones you on have headphones or earbuds on. Maybe they just heard group two. And they got up and line. That's certainly possible. What's not possible are the people that blame, and I blame the airlines for this, because the airlines should be charging for overhead bins, not for, for stuff underneath the plane. That's what you should charge the premium for. Right, Listen, that's the priority. You want the convenience of putting your stuff up top and then getting off and getting out? We're charging you $75. Right. I was nervous for this flight. We both late, so we're the last uh, groups getting on. I want my cat. We're going to L.A. I don't want to deal with LAX for the baggage claim. After, before, anything, they could lose it. You're right. That's what they should charge that's for. That's what they should charge for. So, And then they deal with people that don't know how to put the bags in the overhead. I mean, they must have made the announcement on the, the first flight that took us to Charleston. They must have said four times, folks, we are tight with the overhead baggage. Can you please make sure you put your suitcase in on its side and all the way to the back? And if you look up, all you see are bags long ways. Right. The diagonal. It's like just lazy and oh. Because right, they pick it up, the worse. front handle, the side handle, they just put it in. Oh. We even saw that on the rental car shuttle. They have all those yeah, you know, know. shelves lined up for bags, and then pe- more people get on. There's no room for the bags because where they, they could fit them. four or five, there are two or three oh. laid the wrong way. Really is the worst. But But at the same time, while all of that is annoying, it does fascinate me when everything goes well and you have a good flight, how much fun traveling can be. And I always, I mean, clearly I deal with this with charters with Rutgers where we don't have to deal with the public. It's just your plane, your people. That's phenomenal. But like our flight home, aside from the guy, when when I think about we walked out of the hotel at 535 Sunday morning in Arlington, Texas, and walked in my front or walked in through the garage in New Jersey at, I think it was 1250. Like that's fascinating to me that in seven hours, I went 1600, a drive to the airport, boarded a flight, flew in the air for 1600 miles, got my bags, got my car. And in, it was what seven hours and 10 minutes. It is a miracle. Like I, again, I got delayed both times this time out, but I've gone to LA or California before without delays. And you're right. You wake up in a hotel, amazing. you know, and a couple hours, they, it, the plane goes up in the air. Now, all of a sudden, there's also, you have live TV or movies yes. or all this, your internet, you know, I'm texting yeah. with my wife and people on the ground while I'm in the air. And then you end up across the entire country a few hours late. Now, the flights aren't even that bad. Once we're in the air flying west to east, it's under five and a half hours. Uh, west to east, California to Newark should be 440. Right. To get across the entire country. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's usually six hours, five fifty to six hours going there. But coming right. home is four forty-five. Yeah, I took the red eye back from Vegas when we all, we all went to JJ's bachelor party mm-hmm. in March and April, and on the way back, it took three hours and forty-five Amazing. minutes to get home. Yeah, well, that's even Dallas was only coming back from Dallas was three hours and two minutes. Like it's what? amazing. Three and hours. It really does make you think. If people, well, there are some problems beyond airlines control. If people were just better, like you always say, be better. Mm-hmm. These experiences could be just Amazing. incredible, magical every single time you went out. And then if you ever throw into the mix, which I'm sure you have maybe once or twice or a bunch of times, or maybe never, I don't know. If you ever fly first class, it is fun flying. I did it once. I mean, it's just, it's the greatest thing. I, I don't do it all the time, but I've done it enough. And looking at it now, when you walk through the first class, what they have now, like, here's your own pod, here's oh, a bed, yeah. lay down. And I don't mean, so I will pick my spots, like the plane's. To the plane we had initially going to Houston, and then what we ended up on, and then the plane coming back from DFW, 
Neither were the big giant planes with the great first classes. They were very basic. I'm not spending the extra money on that. But like when I saw going to Phoenix, when me and Al booked, I saw we were on the big planes with the huge pods, and I saw the upgrade was only $415. Now, I know that's a lot of money, but it was flying in luxury. for And the member, the radio station was picking up the initial cost of the flight, so all I had to do was pick up the 415 what a great experience. So I would much think that's fun. Right. Especially, again, for a flight that is that, that's probably Phoenix yeah. by four and a half, five hours. Yeah, probably four, yeah, maybe four and a half right. hours. Right, like I wouldn't do that to fly to Florida, but for f- flying probably across not. the country, yeah, but why not? I, I would say anything over three and a half hours. If I can do it, I think I'm going to do it. I have a great picture the of The problem is once you do that, I feel like if I had that, I had regular first class the time I did it, so a lot of, you know, extra room, the yeah. food, everything. If I had that pod and the bed and could just go to sure. sleep and lay down, it would be so hard to go back to coach after it that. It is, but you know what? If as long as you're you have the proper mindset of doing, like I did, probably wasn't the smartest thing, but my kids are pretty good. So when we went to Arizona like five years ago, I did upgrade us to first class, and I have a great picture of my son, who at the time I guess was seven or eight. I have a picture of him in the first class seat, watching a movie, headsets on, cutting steak <laughs> at the thing. But that's the only time he's ever and done it. at the time, he's probably got the seatbelt on tight because he's taken up, like, you know, 50% uh, of the available was, seat space. He was having a blast. It was tremendous. But, no, he doesn't even think about it. I mean, he always, like, is this first class? I'm like, nope, not right. this time, pal. Yeah, no, kids are easier. When you're when you're an yes. adult, it's, you know, you think back, to, especially, again, if I had recently flown first class and then I'm sitting next to this guy in the middle who also, by the way, I forgot this part, he was kind of leaning on oh, me of for course. a lot of Probably flight. using the armrest. And he was going back and forth between leaning oh. on me and leaning on the woman. So if I go from first class to that, it's like, get no, me it's out horrible. of this Have you ever had the arm battle? Oh, yeah, yeah, all the time. I I love when people just claim that, and then I stick my arm right next yeah. to them. We're sharing it. Right. Even if I don't want it, that just annoys me that they just decide it's theirs. They just, right. They just think Ugh. this is this belongs to me. It's where there should be two. I know the, t- the space is tight. You can fit another three-inch bar. Movie theaters have done that now. You have to. There's two. And again, make them kind of small, but make it a clear delineation. That's yours. This, this is, is yours. Mine. Right. I completely agree. So, all right, so not not too bad with the travel. No, not no, no. Bad. We got on the way back. They announced that there was something wrong with the engine. That's why it was so hot on the plane. Might not be able to. Start. Might have to deplane. And five minutes later, all right, we're good to go. Taking off in two minutes. We'll be in New Jersey in four and a half hours. Okay. I, I ever tell you the Rutgers story when you you mentioned the too hot on the plane? If I did, just stop me. I don't need to tell it again. Coming my f- first, no, my second year with Rutgers. So I was used to the charters at this point. And it was before they made the NCAA tournament. So they were still chartering nice planes, but they were small. It was the two seats and one from United. And, you know, the players would get, each player would get the two seats themselves. And, you know, me and the rest of the media people within within the program would get the one seat, which was totally fine. So we're on the plane and it's, it's small, so it's tight, but they're usually very cool. And the the temperature's awesome. We're mid-flight back from, I think we were coming back from Minnesota. Uh, might have been Ohio State, but whatever. And all of a sudden, get a little warm on the plane. And then I, I go to the thing. As, as I go to reach for the air, I notice several people reaching for the air. And the air coming out is warm. It ain't cold. It ain't cool. It ain't room temperature. It's warm. And within two minutes, the plane is downright hot. And all of a sudden, one of the guys who's one of the players in front of me, all I hear is, yo, what the F with the with this uh, temperature to where you could see there was, I don't want to say panic. That's not what it was, 
But there was concern in one of the flight attendants' eyes. And now you're starting like, uh-oh, like, what is happening? Is the plane on fire? Like, what's going on? They figured it out very quickly. One of the flight attendants or one of the players went, went back to the bathroom. Their shoulder hit the thermostat and jacked it to 90 or 85 or something like that. That's insane. And no that was one knew. all the technology and everything. I know you said it's you know, a smaller plane, maybe a little bit older. This was an older, that, that's smaller plane. It's even possible yeah. that the thermostat could be in a place yeah. where it's accessible. And well, like it was that. in the back by the galley where the bathrooms are. So that's why we assume it was a flight attendant where they hit it, their shoulder, it was either a button or I don't know. And they came on. They apologized like crazy. They couldn't have been nicer. And it didn't take that long for them to figure it out. But there was that, like, 60 seconds to 90 seconds where you're thinking, holy crap, this, like, might be it. Like, right. something's wrong here. But that was crazy. Scary. That was scary. So, anyway, I guess we're done. Yeah, I guess that's it. Um, tomorrow you're back with Zoo in the morning. Zoo will do the podcast tomorrow. CeeLo on the, on the warm-up. Flea-lo. Who I think is doing the podcast, right. which is great because I I have to go to the Met game tonight. Not oh, looking for forward you. to that at all. Okay. Oh, so Zoo's doing the warm up show tomorrow? No, no, no. I'm doing the warm up with CeeLo. Okay. Zoo's doing the podcast. Got it. I will be focused on tonight. making it home to pass out for the rest of Thursday. I to- oh I got you. I understand. All right. We'll enjoy the Met game tonight. Uh, what else? I guess that's it. You do the see a thing, and then we will be back tomorrow. Warm up show with uh, Flelo coming up next. See y'all. Mm, could be better. Yeah. <laughs> Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya Podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f- yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were. You came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.